I'm hyped with anticipation for this weekend's Grambling Spring Game. Let's look at the potential replacements for Aquil Glass. And Miles College is batting out of this world on the way to a 13-game win streak. Oh, yeah. This Locked On HBCU. Play my music. You are Locked On HBCU, your daily podcast covering HBCU sports. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's going on, family? Welcome back to another episode of the Locked On HBCU Podcast, your number one daily one-stop shop for everything HBCU athletics, Monday through Friday, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And I, of course, am Darian Gray, a.k.a. the Mouth of the South, Texas Southern alum and former TSU Herald Sports Editor. Thank you for going on the journey with me, Megan Locked On HBCU, your first listen of the day every day. And this weekend, I had my numbers all mixed up last time. It's April 2nd. You know, these days get longer and shorter every time. But April 2nd is the Grambling Spring game, and I am hyped with anticipation for this game. And like I said, I want to reiterate, because I have called it April 3rd before, but I kind of had my days mixed up on understanding which one was Saturday. Sometimes that happens when you're looking at the calendar, but I had to go check. It is April 2nd. And this spring game is so intriguing because we don't really know much. We don't really know much about what's going on with Grambling, and that's purposeful on the Grambling side. That that intrigue for okay, let me explain where it came from first, or what that comes from, before I just hop, hop into it. On the first day of spring practice, media was available, but they were told, hey, we're closing down spring practice to the media. It's not open to the public. It's not open to the media. It's going to be isolated for the rest of the time. And I have not seen anything since that's been coverage of Grambling spring, spring football. I haven't. Now, that could be helpful in a couple of ways. But for somebody like me, it's like, oh, hold on now. I'm going to talk about what's going on in spring, uh, at Grambling spring practice. But at the same time, now that we're here, now that we're at the game, that lack of information is it's kind of intriguing. And I know that's not the reason that they did it. They wanted to free themselves from distraction. Right. And that's what they want to say. They said distraction and let everyone focus on the season. So it was about distractions, keeping those out and keeping focus. Well, we know what that's about. That's about Art Bryles. And I know he's not there anymore. And we're going to talk about that a little bit. But it's about Art Bryles and the media. They really not. They really didn't get any answers on the Art Bryles situation before he got fired or resigned and after either. So they wanted to keep questions away from that. Let's look at it. With Art Bryles, he gets hired and his tenure is over within four or five days. So once it happens, this is already a big-time hire. And they were going to go on, I believe, the Roland Martin show or something like that, and they were going to talk about his hiring. But before that happened, he resigned. Um, he did a one-on-one -on -one interview, but there was never a press conference. So the local media never really got the chance to reach out and talk to Hugh Jackson or Art Browse, but let's forget about Art Browse because he's not even here anymore, but they never really got to talk to Hugh and some of the, some of the grambling brass on a public setting. So those questions are going to come. They didn't want that. They said, forget that. We're trying to focus on this. And in a way, I commend them because this was them trying to step away 
from the Art Brow situation say, we're not going to continue to let that weigh us down, continue to let that be a distraction for the school, for the football team, for the players. And I have to commend them. And I think that it'll be effective because I believe their hope was, hey, Art Browse is, or excuse me, I think the hope was Art Browse was here, he's gone, and now in four weeks after practice is over, the question shouldn't be coming up as much. And I don't think they will. They probably will come up a little bit, but not as much because most of the focus should be on the game. And it's been so long since then. I personally don't find it to be a conversation anymore. I came on here, I think maybe a day or two after Browse resigned, and I said that this is going to be a stain on the beginning of, of Hugh Jackson's tenure. I said it already. What else do I need to say? That that time is about over. It's not going to weigh him going into the fall. I think now that we're at the spring and he's gone, it's time to start letting that go. It, it, it is. And I don't mean like just forget about it and forget what they represent. No. But at the end of the day, I don't find the need to continue to talk about it. So as the media, they're going to need to be responsible, local media that's going to be there. They need to be responsible and and ask about it because you need to ask the appropriate questions. But as the person sitting here talking on the podcast, I don't feel the need to have this be a, a, a subject anymore. So this is, but this is built up intrigue in me because I'm like, oh, what's going to happen? This is something we don't even know. We're not getting any progress. I don't know how the quarterback's doing. I don't know how the system is working. There's nothing right now. So I'm super intrigued about what is this going to provide for me? Another reason I'm intrigued is the Pivot Podcast is going to be there. One of my favorite non-locked on podcasts, right? And they have Ryan Clark, Fred Taylor, Shannon Crowder. Ryan Clark works at ESPN. So that's a good look right there. He's going to be there. An ESPN employee is going to be around. I'm sure that you'll hear him talk about it. He might even mention it on one of the various ESPN shows that he's on. Fred Taylor, great player. Channing Crowder, great player. He's a super good personality. I enjoy all of these guys because, man, they just honestly flow in their really good podcast, and they're good friends with Hugh Jackson. He was on their uh, I Am Athlete podcast when Channing and Fred were there. They have a good relationship, and they're going to be a part of the, the pregame show that's going, that, that Grambling is going to be putting on. And why do I mention all of these people and their qualifications? Because there's big time people going to be there. There's going to be people who people who watch the pivot as well. And they're all going to be tuned in, checking out Grambling. And it's all about bringing attention and bringing awareness to your brand. That's not an HBCU exclusive thing at all. But it is important. And those things have me intrigued. Like, OK, Grambling has us all here questioning. There's mystery around it. I don't really know what's going on. However, I am excited to find out. And then you have the pivot here. So I'm excited about everything that's going on around your game and not just what's going on during the game. Sign me up. I'm anticipating this Grambling Spring game heavily. Another thing that I'm anticipating is who is going to replace Aquil Glass. Yesterday, we talked about how it's really big shoes to fill. Now we're going to be talking about the potential players to fill them. But first, let me tell you about my good friends at Stat Hero because I understand that a lot of people brackets are busted. There's no shame in it. We're at the final four. This big time now. This is big time now. There's only two, two games or three games left. It's final four time. You need to make sure that you're on Stat Hero, making sure you can get all of the money that you can. Heck, don't forget about the women's tournament as well. We're not just talking about the men's tournament. We need to talk about both of them. Use Stat Hero for all of it. It's a mix of fantasy and, and wagering in a sense of they have lineups that you can choose that you can face but then you get to fill it in with the players that you want. 
It's great. No more betting on people you do not know. Make educated wagerings. Don't just guess on it just because. Make educated bets. Educated bets. That bets. That's what you need to do. Whew. But yes, go to stathero.com slash locked on and use the promo code locked on for a hundred percent deposit match. That's stathero.com slash locked on for a hundred percent deposit match when you use the promo code locked on. Now, also, I like to tell you about Built Bar because I was talking to a comrade of mine and he was telling me about, man, I checked out those Built Bars and I really liked them. And I said, I know you do. I know you do. If I meet somebody who, who has tried Built Bars, they tell me that they like them. This is this ain't this ain't just from me. This is from other people. I've given somebody a blueberry muffin Built Bar. He said, I like that. Um, I can't remember what my what my acquaintance's favorite flavor was, but I understand that he did like it. I understand that he was sitting there like, you know, I will get these Built Bars again. So Built Bar has a really good reputation with the people that I personally know. And y'all know my personal favorite is that blueberry muffin. That's me. That's my go-to. 17 grams of protein, 4 grams of sugar, 4 net carbs in all of their bars, including the Built Bar Puffs that has, has marshmallow and chocolate and still all of those health benefits. So you know you want to get it. Go to Built.com use the promo code Locked On or Locked15 for 15% off your offer. All right, so keep on rolling on today's episode of Locked on HBCU. Thank you for making us your first listen of the day every day. And today's episode's word of the day is palatable, meaning acceptable or agreeable to the mind. And we're going to be talking about who are the potential suitors to replace a quill glass. See, on yesterday's episode, because this is kind of a follow-up to a segment we led off with yesterday. And that was talking about how Alabama a and spring game has an elevated sense of importance. And I'll tell you why. Because a quill glass, for those who maybe have missed yesterday's episode, I'm going to say it really quickly. A quill glass is a quarterback who touches the ball every play, because he's a quarterback, right, who has been here for four years, and he's a great. He's an Alabama A&M great. He's a SWAC great. He's an HBCU great. He's an FCS great. So replacing a quarterback of that magnitude is going to be difficult, and that's why it's so important. You have to get it done. And Listen, I, I, we talked about how the shoes are big and how it's going to be hard to fill and everything around the situation, but we need to talk about the actual players. I understand there's going to be a supporting cast that's going to have to really help when you're trying to replace a quarterback like that. It has to be everybody on the offensive side, but a supporting cast needs to know who they're supporting. And there's three potential players, Xavier Langford, you have Quincy Casey, and you have Jaron Williams. And I think something special about this conversation is that each one of these guys has something on their resume that the other two don't have. So to me, that makes things a little bit, you know, different. Like everything's going to come down to what's on the field. At the end of the day, if Williams can throw the ball better than Lankford or Casey, or if Casey knows how to operate the offense better than, than Lankford and Williams, or, or if Lankford comes out and says, I am clearly the guy that you need to move forward with, then that's what it's going to be. But as far as looking at it on face value and really just looking at it on paper, I find it interesting that each guy has a singular trait or has accomplished something or whatever, has something on their resume that the other two just do not have. But forget all the lead up. Let's talk about them. And let's start off with Lankford because Lankford is the guy who was backing up glass last year. And he's been in the program the longest out of everybody of these three, I should say. 
So he's been there. He has that edge in a way. But he was backing up glass. And he got even got in through seven passes last year. You know, got on the field for a couple of games when his mop-up duty. Clearly, glass did not get hurt because you don't have the stats that he has while missing really time like that. But Langford was able to get in when games were blowouts and things of that nature. So he has played with Alabama A&M. And in the spring game, he led them on three touchdown drives. His one thing that he has is that, hey, I've been in these I've been in this offense longer than both of you. When you compare them to the other, when you compare him to the other two, it's like, well, I've been here longer. And I've actually played snaps for this offense before. Years of practice and a couple of snaps in a game. So you have that. But then you look at Quincy Casey. One thing he has is he played in the swag more than any of these guys. And look, you say what you want to say. I do think there's something to value in playing in this conference, even if it is at a different school, because he played at Jackson State and he's thrown over 60 passes. So he has more experience than Lankford, just not at Alabama A&M. In his spring game, he led the, excuse me, in his spring game performance, he led his team to a singular touchdown. So, like I said, all of this is going to come down to what's on the field, what's happening on the field. And, look, I wasn't able to watch the spring game. I wasn't there. So this three touchdown versus one touchdown is not a way to say Langford is clearly the better quarterback. I would think he had the inside track because he's been there and he's actually backed up glass. So you would think he was going to be the next guy. That would just make sense, at least between the two of them. There ain't nothing guaranteed. Nothing is for sure. Nothing is for certain. It's like my guy's outcast said, nothing is for show and nothing is for certain. And this quarterback competition really embodies that line because there should be nothing for certain in this. And I'll talk about that in a second. But those are the two guys who have been here. Now I want to go to Jaron Williams because Jaron Williams is an interesting case. See, he just committed to the Bulldogs in December of 21. So he ain't spent no time there. He has not been around as, as opposed to these other guys who at least have been there for a season. He hasn't been around at all. But he's also the most well-traveled, right? So he's the guy who has played at Miami. He was the leading passer for Miami in 2019. He threw a record six touchdowns in a game. That's an ACC record. That's a Miami record. So he's broke records. He's, he has seen success. He ended up going the JUCO route, but didn't play at a JUCO because of COVID. Then he got to South Florida. Didn't play at South Florida because he just didn't win the job. But now he's coming to Alabama A&M, and this is the guy that you have to watch out for. Simple and plain. You need to be, I ain't going to say worried, but you need to at least be concerned if you're the other guys that, hey, yeah, I've been here for a while, but his experience might even the scales a little bit when talking about experience in a system versus experience playing college football, period. Like I said, he led the Miami Hurricanes to a, he's led the Miami Hurricanes in passing and he's played a full season. The only guy who can say that they played a full season. So each guy has their own individual traits that I wanted to highlight, whether that's playing the whole season or the most experience in the case of Jaron Williams. Quincy Casey has the most experience within the SWAC. And then you look at a guy like Xavier Lankford, excuse me, who I've been here. I backed up a cool glass. I probably have the most hands-on experience with this particular system. Every guy has something different that makes them more palatable than the other, excuse me, more palatable than the other guy. It's just about what you want to choose. I don't think that experience in a system should be the only factor. It may help contribute to how the play goes, but not the only factor. So with all that being said, you're going to have to judge with what's on the field. And I can't wait. Four years of a quill glass. Who are you going to go to next? 
it's going to be one of those three guys. Now we're going to wrap up the show talking about Miles College, and they have been on a hot streak batting out of this world and winning 13 games in a row. But before we get into that, I want to talk about Rock Auto. Because if any of my friends ask me, hey, Darian, where do you get parts for your car when you need when you have car trouble? I'm going to tell them Rock Auto. I don't even like going to the auto parts store. Personally, I've been in the, in the place where I don't like leaving my house if I don't have to. I don't know. I've just been in that place. And even if I wasn't, I would sit there and see, a, see the prices at Rock Auto and see this is where I need to be. Even if I like being outside, I can take a break from being outside to go to rockauto.com and save 30, 40, 60% off the prices that they would have charged me up there. I hate when I go to auto parts store and they only give me one part. No, I need, I need multiple options to choose from, likely so I can look at what I want, but then also what the price is. Rock Auto gives me that. It's not just going to give me one, one part. I'm not just going to get one air filter, just for example, right? So I love that about Rock Auto. It's a family business, which is something that, personally to me, makes me happy. It makes me feel comfortable. That's why Rock Auto is the easy choice for anything you need. I don't care if it's windshield wipers. I don't care if it's new car covers. Whatever you need. Rock Auto is the place to be. Go to rockauto.com and tell them locked on in the How Did You Hear About Us section. All right, so wrapping up today's episode of Locked on HBCU, Miles College absolutely obliterated Benedict in baseball. Oh my, this was crazy. And it's just been the latest example of just how hot that Miles College has been when it comes to baseball. It's been crazy. I want to talk about who they've beaten. And then I want to talk about how they've been getting it done before we look ahead to what is their toughest matchup or one of their toughest matchups of the season. So obviously you just swept Benedict and we're going to get into that series in a minute. You swept Benedict, you swept Lane, you beat, uh, you swept LeMoyne Owen, you beat Alabama Huntsville, you swept Morehouse. And those are the, the series and the games that you have been playing. And that's how you have, excuse me. And that's how you've gotten to 13. You swept those three or those four teams. And then you also beat a game, a single game as well. But they've been so on fire from the plate. And I feel bad for Benedict because Benedict got it worse than anybody else. All right. In the first uh, first game of the series, Miles put in 25 runs. 25. That's the most that they have scored in six years since 2016 against Kentucky State when they had 26. 25. And one may think, okay, that's cool. It happens. It's not supposed to happen again. It's not supposed to happen back to back because you allow 25 runs. You got to think prize going to kick in at some point. And that just tells me that Miles was just outclassing them. But you would think that you scored 25 in the first match or in the first game, excuse me, in a three game series, you're not going to do it again. They didn't do it, but they got really close at 21 in the next game. You know, that was them taking it light. But what really was funny is that the next game, they scored 18. So they were absolutely out of this world. 25, 21, 18, they were batting phenomenal. And there's many ways to score. But for some reason, home runs are just palatable to them, right? I like that word, palatable. Might be, this might be one of the words of the day that I really continue to use going forward. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. But I like it. Um, but home runs is what they do. They had 10 home runs over the season. 10, or excuse me, 10 home runs over the weekend. 
in comparison, they have 30, excuse me. There are many ways to score, but home runs just to seem more palatable for them. And palatable might be a one of those words that I just start to use more. And there's many ways to score, right? We know that. But for some reason, home runs have just been their thing. They've just been more palatable to them. I don't know why, but they've just found great success batting and putting it over the over the fences. They don't need to, uh, they don't need to get on base. No, we're taking it all the way. We sending it home. And I don't know what's been going on, but they have been on all cylinders. They had 10 home runs this weekend. That brings their total to 32 on the season. And just for comparison's sake, they had 30 home runs in 2017. The season isn't even over. I don't even think the season really close to being over, right? You still got enough games, and we'll see what, what happens going forward. But that's how good they've been where, like, three-quarters through the season, you're already topping. you're already topping season totals from previous years. That's just how good that they have been. And – it's really a situation where everybody eats, right? Everybody eats. So I want to I want to say it too. Will Canty. This is the thing to me. Will Canty got his first ever career home run this week. Everybody eats. There's there's guys who have just been playing consistent. I want to be clear. It's not an all or nothing situation. So yes, you had a lot of home runs. And let me bring up some of the guys who just been kind of consistent going. Even though they've knocked in some home runs. This guy has three home runs in the uh in the series. But Jacob Bisharat, he had 10 runs on the, on the game. So he scored 10. They scored, let's see, 26, 64. He had 10 of them, right? I'd be trying to do like quick math and whatnot. But he had, he has, he had 10 of the 64 runs. He got on base every time that he, that he went up to bat, and that was 14 times. So he's been extremely consistent. I don't want to make it seem like it's all or nothing because it truthfully is not. Now, they're going to be going up against one of the toughest challenges of the season. They're currently sitting third. Yes, even with this 13-game win streak, they're only sitting at third, which just speaks to how tough the SEAC is in baseball. Um, but they're going against one of the teams that are above them. They already lost to Albany State, and now they're going to be going up against Savannah State. So we will see if they're up to the challenge, and I think this could be a big-time moment for them. I think it really can be because they've been batting so well, but now they're going against Jose Santiago, who has been a back-to-back SEAC pitcher of the week. This is a strength versus a strength, and we'll see how it eventually plays out. But they're going to have to keep firing on all cylinders. And I don't think that they have to sweep Benedict. I don't expect them to. I would be absolutely stunned if they came in and swept Benedict, right? Because they are the number one seed in the conference. They're on their own win streak, six games in a row, but 17 conference games in a row that they've won. So they've been absolutely blazing as well. And when I think about it, somebody has to budge. Either Santiago has to pitch worse, you know, because even them as a whole, just the pitching rotation, they've only allowed over, uh, over five runs once in the last 10 games. I just told you that Miles had 25, 21, and 18. It's a big difference. So somebody has to budge a little bit. And I'll be interested to see exactly who it is. And we will continue to cover baseball going forward because it really is baseball season now. So we will continue to cover and continue covering those things going forward. And that's why you should continue making Locked on HBCU your first listen of the day every day, because we're not just talking football and basketball. We're trying to touch on all of these uh, sports, whether that's track, 
baseball, tennis. We've talked on all of those things here on Locked On HBCU for your second listen of the day. Make sure you're checking out Locked On NFL Draft. Eric Crocker, Ryan Tracy giving you everything that you need for the NFL Draft in April. It's a big-time event. Start getting your coverage now. Make sure you're tuning in tomorrow as we do our Top 10 Thursdays with Gerald Huggins. You're not going to want to miss this one, I promise. Until the next time that we hear each other, family, take care, stay blessed. Peace.